The SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $50 at WinBet and get $200 in free bets. Bet big, win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. And also make sure to download the SGPN app, your home for all of our free picks and podcasts. Yes, sir. We are back. Another Wednesday, Thursday, whenever we release this edition of the Fantasy Football Podcast. You know me. I'm back. Villain Rail, really rail to Ralph Furman Jr. I'm here, here to talk NFC draft review, winners and losers, dynasty discussion, all of that. And you know for a fact I got my guy with me, Scott Rochelle. Scott, the NFL is releasing the schedule today. There's been leaks, but they're officially releasing the schedule today. What's one thing you're looking forward to? For me, the one thing I'm looking forward to is seeing the Giants, the Eagles, and the Commanders on the Cowboy schedule six times. (laughs) <laughs> what, what, I don't get what you're trying to say. You My dad's this. a Cowboys fan, so oh, let's okay. just say that right. he's uh, pretty into their potential. We're realistic, though, about it. We know that you know the Cowboys are going to be pretty good. They lost a lot of key pieces from last year. We'll get into that in a second. But it doesn't really mean anything to me, to be honest. I guess the first thing I check is actually which week the buy is. I don't know if that's normal or not. Yeah. What's the first thing you check for the schedule? Because I usually look at when the buy is. So it normally rotates uh, every year, depending on how last season ended on what the first thing I was looking forward to. Last year, the first thing I was looking forward to was the first game we played the Eagles because the Eagles had that terrible tank job against the then-Washington football team. And it knocked us out the playoffs at the last game of the season if they – just finished the game out they would have won the game and shout out to Nate Sudfeld yeah so you know shout out to them so the first thing last year I was looking forward to was when are we playing the Eagles we're going to beat their ass and I, th- I think you split against the Eagles last year right we did we did and so last year but we won that first game yeah we were like I think we were, we were pretty I think we were a pretty big dog too that was the that. Jalen Rieger Stonehands game no, something like that, yeah. <laughs> uh, so this year, the game I'm looking forward to is the first game we play the Cowboys because if Daniel Jones doesn't get hurt in that first game, I think we beat them. I think we, I think we beat them last year. Daniel Jones, Daniel Jones doesn't get hurt in that first game. We was giving it to him up until that point. Saquon Barkley got hurt that game. Daniel Jones, we lost half of our team that game. And so – I want to see the Cowboys again. I want to see what when is the first time we get our chance to put our hands on the Cowboys. I think that this year everybody should remember that last year and how we had them on the ropes. We could have, we could have, you know, had a knockout punch against them, and Daniel Jones got hurt. So um, that's 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 number one. And knowing how they normally do it, we probably play them week one. They always they love to schedule the Giants Cowboys week one. I do want to ask you, though, what do you prefer for your team? An early bye week, a middle bye week, or a late bye week? Um, 
I think for my team, I would prefer a late one because I want a chance for that to actually mean something. Like, you know, you're yeah. going through a uh I would not too too late, but you know, around week ten. I remember there used to be week five by weeks, and I'm just like, you want these guys to get killed for the final 12 weeks? Yeah, they just started right. playing. They just started playing. They need that rest later on this season. But I know, I know you're blindly going to bet Thibodeau to record a sack in that first game against the Cowboys. I know that's going to happen. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, exactly him. Yeah. No, nobody else, uh, just him. Yeah, just Thibodeau. And um, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. Because I'm really trying to be chill about it because I really have a a distaste, a huge distaste for every team in the NFC East. But if the Giants came out the NFC East this year, I can't say I'd be surprised. The thing that you got to remember is that a team has not won the NFC East in back-to-back seasons in at least a decade. I think it's a decade and a half, maybe longer. It's been a long time. Yeah, it has. Yeah. So it would not surprise me, especially with all the, let's just say, subtractions from Dallas's team during the offseason, if the Cowboys underachieve and another team sneaks up, whether it's going to be it's, the Eagles or somebody. Everybody thinks it's Philly right now, and I, you have very good reasons to think it's Philly. Philly did a lot of good things in the offseason. But I think I'm the Giants you. will be good under Dable but I think that they're going to need a year maybe to transition. It usually takes a little bit of time to fully develop chemistry there with a brand-new system, which is yep. Daniel Jones' what, like fourth system in five years or something? Oh, I think I don't think he's had like a back-to-back coordinator. And, well, he should have because every coordinator he had was awful. Yeah. He, he should have. Yeah. But yeah, the point so is, I is that I, I think that. the Giants will have some moments this year, but I do think with all the coaching changes and everything like that, the roster turnover, I know they just cut Bradbury – I think they might be a year off for maybe competing for a division title. So we'll see, we'll see. but With, they're not going to be awful. Thought, I think they can be seven and 10. Almost every year. One team goes from worst to first, almost every year. There was like a long stretch where it was every year. Then it was like a year that it took off and then it happens again. Hey, just, you know, something to watch for, something to watch for. But enough talking about the giants. And before we get negative reviews of why we talk about the giants all the time, Let's talk about WinBet and get down to WinBet's $50 win $200 promotion where a WinBet a $50 bet qualifies you up to $200 in bets plus the WinBet Casino is offering you 100% deposit bonus up to $1000 and get involved in their same game parlay functions WinBet's own build your own bet feature all users can receive a $20 free bet when they win lose or push a 3 plus leg build your own bet parlay between Thursday and Saturday Great way to take advantage of the NBA playoffs. So much to choose from. Just download the WinBet app now or visit winnbet.com. Start winning today. Offer subject change, terms, condition at winbet.com. Must be 20 on order and present in the state. Where playthrough WinBet is available if you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. And landscape, your manscape people, it's that time of the year. They are back to let us know that everybody needs to make sure they're doing some spring cleaning, some consistent cleaning, using the performance package four, where you get the lawnmower floor, you get the weed whacker, you get the crop preserver, you get the crop reviver, all this stuff to help you trim and make sure that your landscape is manscaped and that you are good to go for whoever you may have around. 
So lawnmower four gets you precise with the LED light, help you get all through the nooks and crevices down there. The weed whacker, super good for those ear holes and nose holes to make sure that they, uh, a proprietary skin safe technology, make sure that you prevent nicks, snags, tugs, all in those delicate holes and the preserver and reviver to, you know, keep the, the area down there smelling fresh and smelling good. And then you get the Plow 2.0, the perfect razor for your face. Make sure you use it on your face and not down there. That is a straight razor, people. You do not want to do that. So you get all that 20% off plus free shipping with the code SGP at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code SGP at manscaped.com. Time to landscape your manscape. All right, Scott. Let's go with this review. I'm going to talk about Dynasty Impact, what players we like, what are we doing in rookie drafts, all of that good nonsense. And we're going to start with the NFC East and the champions of the Dallas Cowboys. Well, I was actually going to say, I know we can go a bit out of order. I know we usually go in order. Do you want to just start with the Giants? Because we basically already did about 75% of it. Well, yeah, we did basically do about 75%. So we can go ahead and start it with the Giants. I mean... We covered pretty actual, much everything, I mean. Actual, yeah, we pretty much covered everything. Actual skill position player. Do you like the wide receiver? Is Wondell Robertson from Kentucky. Yeah. I do like Wondell. I think Wondell is a great receiver. I am interested in what they want to do with the offense. What Drafting Wondell, one, tells me that they're, they are adamant of getting their guys in the building. So it doesn't matter if you just got here. Or if you've been here, if you're not one of their guys, you're not going to be one of their guys. And so I would like to think that Tony still has a role on this team, even with Wondell coming in. Not 100% certain what they're doing with that situation because they are profiled as basically the same receiver. But what this does tell me for 100% fact is that they are now taking this offense and they are moving it into the 21st century. The Giants were worst in the NFL last year and for however many years in pre-stat motion. There's, there was none. There was no pre-stat motion on this team. And that's what you're doing when you're bringing in somebody like Wandale, somebody like Tony on a team. You're, you're looking for a lot of pre-stat moves and a lot of pre-stat motions and to get things going for your offense. So I think that it's a good – it's a good play with the plan. If you're just drafting for looking for the best receiver on the board, you probably missed it. But if you have a plan and you know how you're utilizing this specific type of player, I really do like to pick. I think we disagree about what Robinson's going, what Robinson's role is going to be. I figured as soon as they draft him, they drafted him, Tony would be a day three trade. Hmm. I did not think he would still be on the team. Because we know that Tony had some injury issues at the end of last year. He had some off-the-field issues as well. There seems to be some character issues, which is why the Giants want to move on from him. And the fact that you basically hit the nail on the head where Robinson is going to be a replacement for Tony because they have very similar skill sets, the fact that Tony's still there means that I want nothing to do with Wandell until they actually get rid of Tony. Because I don't know what, how he's going to be on the field if Tony does the exact same thing that he does and Tony was a first-round pick compared to a day two pick. The Giants might just feel obligated to give Tony the majority, if not all, of the touches or the snaps early on 
because of the draft capital they invested in him in comparison to Wondell. So I, yeah, no, because I have to think that Tony's not going to be on the team no more. I don't think he will be, but I'm saying until he does get traded, I don't know if I can invest in Wondell. Can I? Do you want to gamble on that? I, I, I'm not investing on – I wasn't investing on Wandale at all. I think it's just a pass. Fantasy-wise, yeah. If fantasy Tony gets traded, I'll reconsider. Fantasy-wise, he's 100% a pass for me. I'm not – and, yeah, I would consider if Tony is traded. But I just don't trust Giants pass catchers yeah. right now. I, I have to see the offense, and I have to see the offense make strides under Brian Dable and that staff that he has. I trust Shepard when he's healthy. The only Giants pass catcher that I can possibly trust, and air quotes are huge around that trust right now, but is Saquon Barkley. And that is because if I know Saquon Barkley is healthy, he's going to be a world beater. But if he's not, then he's no good to me just like everybody. If, if we're using the health argument, I feel the same way about Sterling Shepard, who's been around for an eternity, but when he's on the field, he's productive. He just gets hurt every year. Yeah. So Galladay I want nothing to do with, but for the actual youngsters on this team – they drafted an offensive lineman in Neal, which should help because we've seen Daniel Jones get decapitated pretty much his entire career. But they really didn't do much else besides taking a current backup slot receiver because the one he was supposed to replace is still on the team. Mm-hmm. And then you got the Giants defense. They cut Bradbury. They picked up Thibodeau, of course. Do you want any investment in the Giants defense, or is it solely a matchup-based situation when, when, when they are against Carson Wentz, you'll throw in a couple of dollars on the waiver wire? No, I, no, I think the Giants defense is going to be actually good. I okay. think they'll be a, a, a week-in, week-out starter. Okay. All right. That's enough on the Giants. Wow, I love – I do – and don't get me wrong. I love the Giants draft. I love the Giants draft. It just doesn't have a fantasy impact for me. But I do think the Giants had an amazing draft. This is going to be a good group. I think the draft was good. I still think they reached on Robinson because he was supposed to go a round or so later and you still have Tony on the team. But so don't get me wrong. Think, if the playmaking's there and you have an offensive-minded coach, you want playmakers. I can understand the logic. Me. That tells me that they have a plan for Robinson. The fact that they took him at two in the second round, that tells me they have a plan. They know how they're going to utilize him, and that's their guy. And if, if you know how you're utilizing that person and that's the guy, then I'm perfectly fine you reaching for him. Okay. I think he'll have a role, just not your one. Yeah, no, absolutely not. I don't think so that either. All right. Let's move on. Dallas Cowboys, 12-5 and five in the division, first in the NFC East. Not really too, too much here. We got Jalen Tolbert from South Alabama in the third round. They are going to be without Amari Cooper as they traded him to the Browns in the offseason. So, CeeDee Lamb's the de facto one there. Michael Gallup may be the two. We'll see. Um, health He'll probably get injured again, but as of right yeah, now, he's the number two. Health-wise, what he's going to do for the rest of the season, they made a lot of – um, adds into that defense in the draft. I mean, it's really, it's really not too much. Yeah, I'm not really – I mean, Jalen Tolbert, the deepest – and I mean deepest of deepest fantasy leagues right now, but 
this office is going to be CD Lamb and Michael Gallup. And when Michael Gallup gets hurt, then you're going to be fight. You're going to be scrambling between who is going to be next, whether it's a Cedric Wilson or somebody like that. Yeah, sprinkle of long touchdowns there for James Washington, but that's going to come once every what? Oh three yeah, weeks? I, forgot, I forgot James Washington. I'll just say once every three weeks, Washington yeah. will catch like a 50-yard touchdown pass. Yeah, something like that. So yeah, it seems like the Cowboys' offense got worse. That's not really a hot take when you lose Amari Cooper. Now, I do think Cooper is a little bit overrated overall, but he's still a very talented receiver, and he was the best receiver that they – I'd say – I can't even say he was the best because Lamb's definitely more talented. But Lamb had a lot of drop issues, and he seemed to vanish he was frequently. Most, I, I can't – it's hard saying well-rounded. I would say well-rounded talent-wise receiver yeah. that they have, but he just wasn't consistent yeah. in what we knew he could do fantasy-wise and production-wise on the field. The way that I see it is the Cowboys' main moves were basically just getting rid of people. They got rid of Cooper. <laughs> uh, Jarwin, I believe they got rid of as well, right? Um, so they have Dalton Schultz now as like yeah. the de facto number one. Yeah, Dalton Schultz won that job when Jarwin got hurt. I was going to say because they, they ended up drafting Jake Ferguson. So I believe that means that Jarwin's done. Yeah, yeah So probably. That's what I'm saying. So if you want to go for rookies, I really don't see anybody that's worth anything. If you want to go for a really, really fun long shot who has really no chance to make any impact at all, but just a receiver that I liked in college, I was a fan of Drummond from Ole Miss, who is going to be fighting for one of the last roster spots on the team. Mm -hmm. But they really just don't have many guys. Tolbert, I think, is okay. But I don't think he's going to have much of a big role on this team at all unless Gallup gets injured and then maybe Tolbert ends up as a de facto starter because they also lost Cedric Wilson, who was pretty good for them as a depth receiver last year. Defensively as well, they drafted some depth guys, nobody who really jumps off the page. I really don't see much. I guess if you want to make an argument for a rookie player, you can argue about Garibay, who might be the kicker for this team because they got rid of Zerline. But if the main rookie we're talking about is going to be a starting kicker, I think you should probably pass. Yeah. <laughs> but just saying, technically, yeah. they will have one rookie starter who will be the kicker. Oh, my gosh. All right. That, yeah, there's not really too much here rookie-wise for the Dallas Cowboys. Let's go to the Philadelphia Eagles where, again, rookies, it may not be much here, but it's definitely something – Eagles go and get the pair of Georgia grads from and N'Kobe Dean in the third round and Jordan Davis in the first round. Now the big news is the trade that happened and the Philadelphia Eagles bringing in A.J. Brown to play alongside his BFF of Jalen Hurts. I mean, this is what they were looking for. They were looking for a receiver. They wanted to move on from Jalen Rager. They didn't see the progression there from him at all. And now you have who I think is one of the top receivers in the game in terms of skill. And he's also sitting on my dynasty squad. What are you – what is your impact on the season? What do you think that the season outlook looks for A.J. Brown on this Philadelphia Eagles team? I think that they're going to do well. Do I think that A.J. Brown's going to be in the top five in receiving yards? No, I don't. Mostly because I still believe the Eagles' identity is predicated on running the ball. 
So I don't think that they're going to completely abandon the run. They tried to open it up in the passing game to start the season, and they sucked. And then they started running the ball 40 times a game, and they won a bunch of games. So I do think they will still focus more on the run. But I do think Brown in the play-action game is going to be disgusting. I think he's still going to have a lot of yards. I know that some betting sites set his odds at roughly like 1,000, which I think is way too low. I think he'll probably end up going for 1,100, 1,200. Some touchdowns thrown in there. I guess the main concern is do you actually like Jalen Hurts as a quarterback? I know in fantasy, he's pretty good because he can run. Yep, but no. do I think he's a good thrower? Not at all. Yeah. I mean, so that's really it for me. Because it all comes down to Hurts. That's really it. Yeah, because Tannehill, while you say what you can about Tannehill, Tannehill could get AJ around the ball. Yeah. And I, I question the accuracy. I don't question the talent for Jalen Hurt, Jalen Hurts. And this team – they have to change their identity from a a run-first team with Jalen Hurts and Devontae Smith on the outside. They have to change their identity and want to attack those matchups. That's possibly going to be two great matchups that you have against any duo of corners, and you're you're more than likely going to have them beat in any opportunity you can. They just have to run the offense for Jalen Hurts to have him be able to do that rather than it just being a whole bunch of bootlegs and him doing a whole bunch of things with his legs. So this is going to be – I think this is a – I would still take Jalen Hurts as one of my top quarterbacks in fantasy. I think that he's going to have the production. And he's also in a weak division. Be, yeah, yeah, and it's a weak division. And the fact that I think that he he will make up for what he does not do with his legs because if he didn't do anything with his legs last year, then you would just had a lost week with him for yeah. fantasy that week. I think more often than not, what he doesn't do with his legs, he will make up with – in his arm this season and he'll have a more of a consistent great fantasy input output week weekly because the few short weeks that he can't get it done on the ground he's going to get it done on the air working with AJ Brown yeah I think that his fantasy overall numbers for total points will be relatively similar to last year because the throwing numbers should increase mm-hmm. but he was a rushing touchdown demon last year mm-hmm. I highly doubt that happens again he was really scoring one to two rushing touchdowns basically every week for the span of a month. Yeah, I don't much. see that happening. That pretty happened. Much. That was crazy. He, Didn't was, he, there, a, he was their goal line back. He that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't believe that if he's going to be the real quarterback of the future, you can use him as a battering ram on the one-yard line mm-hmm. for several seasons. So <laughs> I think that he's, his throwing numbers should get better because of obviously the addition of A.J. Brown. But I do expect the rushing yards to be similar. I think the rushing touchdowns will have a pretty drastic decline, not because of anything that he did, but because of the fact that the numbers he put up last year were so unsustainable based on his size and the amount of touchdowns he had. Mm-hmm. How many rushing touchdowns did he have last year again? Uh, give me a second, and I can get that out. I was just looking at something for the next. Because there were a couple of weeks where you had two or even three, and it's just like, what? what is happening? Do you not have Miles Sanders? Like, why are you trying to get your quarterback yeah, killed? And, that, and that's crazy because I, I also had Miles Sanders on my fantasy team. We're just talking about my entire – people are going to know my entire dynasty team by the end of this. He had 10 rushing touchdowns last year. I thought he had that's nine. Insane. He had 10. So he had three yeah, in insane. year one in the same amount of games. Let's assume for the sake of consistency – I'll give him five. I think that's fair. 
We'll give him five. The yards will be somewhere around, I'd say, 600. He had about 780 last year, but once again, they couldn't really throw the ball to many people. So I do think they will open it up a little bit. For Hertz, give me like 3,400 passing yards, like 20-something touchdowns, and that's 600 rushing yards. So that's a pretty decent fantasy year. Yeah. All right. Let's finish the NFC East with the Washington Commanders. <laughs> they couldn't go for any alliteration. You couldn't oh give me a W gosh. something. Oh, man. It's really bad. I'm football sorry. team kind of grew on me, to maybe be honest. Maybe one time. Yeah, I really did like the football team. I thought It grew on me. That. All right. So, Washington football team, 7-10, third in NFC East. Here we go. Because this was an interesting – I just don't know what to make of this draft. An actual weapon? We have a team in this division that actually drafted a weapon in the first round? Yes, we do. But it's, I guess it's afterwards, after that. But, yes, so they draft John Dotson from Penn State, wide receiver. Of course, one, they already needed somebody on the other side of Terry McLaurin. They tried, you know, different combinations – of groups and none of those guys really, really planned out the way they thought. John Dotson is easily going to be that receiver to come in and do that and then possibly replace Terry McLaurin because he is on the last deal, last year of his rookie deal and they have not gotten his station done yet. So he may or may not be replacing him. There's a lot of different areas that the commanders can go with that situation, but to, he will a hundred percent be the de facto number two when the season starts. To hurry up and talk about the other offensive additions that they have. In the third round, they drafted Brian Robinson Jr. from Alabama. You would like to think that is just to keep depth at that running back position. I still think that it is Antonio Gibson's show. I yeah. don't think that this I don't think this impacts that. Maybe slightly, but not really. It's Antonio Gibson's show until they show me it otherwise. And you know McKissick's gonna get the third down work. Is McKissick still on his team? He originally left, and then you re-signed at the last minute. Oh, shit. Wow. I missed that. that I, I remember seeing him leave. I didn't know he, re, he came back. No, he okay. said he was out, and then he said, you know what? I actually changed my mind, and he came back. Oh, great. DeAndre Jordan. Appreciate it. All right. So, then in the fifth round, you have Sam Howell, quarterback from North Carolina. He's not going to play, but, you know. I mean, is Carson Wentz good enough to really keep – like, is, if, it, if things start looking bad – is it really outside the realm of possibility that Carson Wentz loses his job? This no, that wouldn't surprise me. But the thing that I really believe is that since Hal not only was drafted as a day two or three guy, he slid in the draft. It means a lot of people looked at film and potentially had him in interviews and decided, yeah, he's definitely raw and he needs a couple of years. I think the main reason why I think Hal is going to do nothing, isn't he just a worse version of Taylor Heineke? Yeah, pretty much. So, do I think he's going to jump Heineke? He's, in a, the, he's a he's a he's a Heineke. He's Heineke light. Yeah. Oh my god. So I don't know. I don't know how you want to describe it. Like I don't know what you want. <laughs> oh man, that was pretty good. Uh, I think that he's just Taylor Heineke that hasn't gotten a chance to do it on the NFL level. Like Taylor Heineke, we we got to see him work and we know he can play. He had moments. Level. Yeah, he had moments. I think Sam Howe is just the same thing without the moments. So, I don't know. I, I, yeah. I, I think it's just more deaf in that quarterback room. I'm really not 
He'll be a backup quarterback even, the entire year. I'm not even Graham and Sam Howell to even hold in stash. I No. Yeah, I'm not. If, just if Howell's on the field, Washington's either up 30 or down 30. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But Dotson is something else. I think Dotson is going to have an impact in his rookie year. Yeah, he's now, a very good player. Just, the, only, the only issue is that how much of an impact can you have with Carson Wentz? I think if Taylor Heineke comes in, comes in and takes that job back, then I like Dotson. But I just I, – I don't, I don't trust Carson Wentz at all. I think he's a <laughs> good fit, Last year was though. it for me. Last I think he's a good me. fit with Wentz because if yeah. you remember Dotson in Penn State, he was a big play guy. Mm-hmm. And you can criticize Wentz all you want. Believe me, he deserves it because he's not very good. But mm-hmm. if there's one thing he is willing to do, it's take shots downfield. And we mm-hmm. saw with Pittman, he's not afraid to get his guys a shot in a one-on-one coverage. Now, of course, Dotson is not Pittman. He's not a massive jump ball guy who's going to wrestle people in the air. But mm-hmm. I do believe if Dotson is capable of embracing kind of a similar role to what Deshaun Jackson used to have with that team, where he would be mostly a burner, who would get you four receptions and maybe 120-something yards and a couple t- and like a touchdown or so. I do think Dotson has that level of upside with Wentz at quarterback. I like him. I think Dotson will have a pretty good rookie year. And he's also the, the de facto punt returner, isn't he? Because he was a punt returner in college. He had a touchdown in 2020. Pretty good overall player who you want the ball in his hands because he is really dynamic. And I'm assuming that if you're going to be playing in a league that also factors in punt returns for mm-hmm. touchdowns, that's another little special teams twist you could throw in there for extra value. Yep. So I actually like Dotson. I think he's going to be good. Yeah, I like that. I like, um, let's move on. Let's move on to the and NFC North. Dot, Dotson was productive with Sean Clifford. Like, you can oh. roast Carson Wentz all you want. He's yeah. better than Sean Clifford. Like, I'm just saying. Oh, my gosh. Okay, real quick, wait, to end the Dotson, are you taking Dotson in the first round? I think first round might be a little bit premature. It depends how many people are in your league, of course. Yeah. I think he would be back in first, early round, second. Because the special oh. teams does give him a unique boost that most players don't have. And I feel like you can make a serious case that he is worth a first round pick if you think Washington t- tells McLaurin to take a hike. Yeah, absolutely. So would you? I think he probably is first round. If now he, that I think about it, if, if McLaurin is not there, he's one of my top receivers in this class for, in terms of rookies. And based on the going rate for wide receivers, do you think they would bring back McLaurin? Because I think the realistic situation is they don't reach a contract extension, they franchise tag him, and, and he holds out, for, and he's, he's miserable, and then he finally shows yep. up. That's what I see happening. So I think this is a two or three year thing, Max. Yeah. This year he plays, of course, plays that last year. Next year he's franchise tagged. He either sits out or he plays. And then the year after he's gone. And I think he sits out camp and he'll come back for next season, whatever. So I think Dotson for me would be a round two guy, an early round two guy, because we are penciling McLaurin in for two years. Yes. Okay. I'm with you, Roger. All right, moving on to the NFC North. We have the first place Green Bay Packers, 13 and 4. So they had two first round picks. First first round pick. Surely they go get a receiver. No. Nope. They draft Quay Walker out of Georgia. Great does, linebacker. Good, does he also play receiver? receiver? No, he does not also play That's receiver. That's a shame. All right. 
And for the second one, we have 28, six picks later, Devontae Wyatt. Wyatt. Defensive tackle, Georgia. Good player. Yeah. Oh, I was waiting for you to ask the question. I was going to say good player, but uh, yeah, what about weapons? No, but yeah, he doesn't play receiver. He he, he doesn't play receiver, so we, we don't have that either. And then the second round comes, second pick in the second round. They trade up and get Christian Watson. Wide receiver, North Dakota State. Okay, we're getting somewhere. We, we, we got somewhere. We got somewhere. They said that, all right, we're not using one of those first-round picks, but we'll use the second round. We'll definitely use the second round on a receiver for sure. I'm, I'm really not gonna, excited for Christian yeah. Watson this year. I'm really excited for Christian Watson this year. He's one of my top receivers in this class. I think that he's good. It's very difficult to judge receivers in college that are in a run-heavy system. Yeah. And North Dakota State ran the ball all the damn time in route to a championship. Mm-hmm. They ran the ball at least 70% of the time. They and then the Watson was their play action, keep the defense on his deep threat. Now, the drop rate is pretty high. But once again, the rate's going to be high when you barely throw the ball any given game. So I'm not going to overreact to that. And of course, he's got Rodgers. So if you want to talk about roles... He's not Devontae Adams, but I do think he could be the scantling role and be the deep guy. I think – I disagree with you. I okay. think he can slide right in. Now, I don't want to say slide into the Devontae Adams role and people think that he's going to slide in and be Devontae Adams. No. I think – when I say slide into the role, I mean slide into exactly where he was on the field, and I think that that is what they drafted Watson to do. And the fact that they took Watson at that position rather than anybody else that was on the board at the time because surely there was – more receivers that had more of a resume that, you know, just as big, just as big, just as talented, more of a resume coming from these larger schools, but they came and they got Watson coming from North Dakota State, that run first school. That tells me they exactly know the plan that they have for this guy. They've scouted him. They understand that he is one of the best, and he is one of the best wide receiver talents in this draft. And I think that that is going to come out in this first season. They are going to work this man to death he's a big target in the red zone Six four two zero eight. i think he slides right into the Devonte adams role he may not go and make the big flash plays that we know Devonte adams to make but when it comes to getting in the red zone and they're looking for that receiver to go to they're looking for that that go-to person i think it will be watson for the most part i can see a lot of touchdowns in this future i think the main reason why i'm not willing to give him the automatic Devontae Adams replacement role is because of the fact that Adams, in my opinion, is the best route runner in all football. Yes. And from what I watched at North Dakota State, once again, because of the system, no fault of his, I'm not too familiar with his route tree because there were a lot of streaks involved. Mm-hmm. So that's why I kind of compared him to Scantling, where I feel like his immediate role, worst case scenario, off the bus, he's the deep threat. Whether or not he can learn the other routes on the tree is a separate story and maybe he can eventually you know blossom into a comparable player with quotes because Devonta adams is a hall of fame receiver but he maybe can develop a similar skill set but in his rookie season i'm expecting mostly go routes but it also goes down to the rest of the receiver room and i know that this is going to be a rookie conversation but I got to have a brief rant here. How the hell do you go into the draft with Sammy Watkins as your main offseason acquisition at the wide receiver position? Are you out of your mind? <laughs> you get rid of Devonta Adams and you decide Sammy Watkins is going to be our replacement? Really? 
<laughs> Come on, Green Bay, you're better than that. Come on. Sammy Watkins and Randall Cobb, and you throw in Alan Lazard, who I like, but he's always hurt, and you throw in Watson, and I think you do have a bit of a dark horse candidate here because Watson always gets hurt. I'm a big fan of Dobbs. I liked him at Nevada. I thought he was really good. Mm-hmm. Do you think that Romeo can have a bit of a role as the season goes on? Because we've seen Rodgers, especially more than any other quarterback, besides maybe Brady, mm-hmm. who has done more with less at receiver positions. We've seen Rodgers torch teams with backup third-string receivers. Do you think that Romeo Dobbs could have some type of role in this team, especially after either Cobb or Watkins or both get hurt by week six? I'm... Uh... I wouldn't draft him, but I'm saying if you want to pick him a mid-season, it would not surprise yeah. me if he has a moment think, or two. I would think of him as a replacement for a Watkins or somebody else. I think that because I think he's good. I, I'm still, I still got my eye on Amari Rogers, so I don't know how consistent it would be, but I think he could definitely slide into a role with some. Excuse me, with somebody gets up because he is a really good receiver. He is, yeah. really, and that's why they got him. He's just more depth at that receiver position when you know that you have because when Sammy Watkins is healthy, Sammy Watkins is good. I just think that you're looking at – I think you're looking at Rodgers as a slot receiver for the most part, and Dobbs seemed like he could pretty much do it all all over the field. So I think that he could potentially have a role late if the injury report kind of benefits him. But as of right now, Watson's the only guy worth a damn from the rookie evaluation. All right. I agree. Yep. Watson, I'm taking high in the first round. Really? I'm taking, Just because um, of the Rodgers upside? He's after, he's after Olave and Burks for me. Okay. I, I think I'm I lower just, on Watson. I think, that he, but... I think that he – I think he's better of a route runner than he gets credit court for. And I can't testify to that, so you could be right. Yeah. but Yeah. I, I mean, just from what I saw, you know, from his work, workouts at the Senior Bowl and all that, I think he's better of a route runner than he gets credit for, and he'll get the opportunity to show it. So it's still a little bit of a um, taking a gamble there. But I truly do believe he's going to be the red zone threat. He's going to get a lot of those um, Rodgers inside the five touchdowns where he's like, you know, those pad stats, like yeah. those, I'm patting the, re- the resume with a whole bunch of more touchdowns instead of running the football in. Well, I the back shoulder throws to Adams are dead. So you got a yeah. lot more potential touchdown passes. Yep. All right. So second in the NFC North, we have the Minnesota Vikings at eight and nine. <laughs> When we talk about actual rookies coming in to make an impact, this was more of a defensive draft for them. You're not getting a skill pos- offensive skill position player coming off the board for the Vikings until the fifth round, Ty Chandler running back from North Carolina. It, it needed to be. Their defense was awful last year. Yeah, it, it was horribly, horribly bad. So... Are we just skipping them? I mean, I really don't. Everything stays the same. Dalvin Cook is still really, really good. Chandler has no role because Madison is the obvious number two backup. Yes. I'm not sure. I was going to say, sorry. I'm not sure if there's any update on the Dalvin Cook domestic violence issue. Mm -hmm. I don't believe he will be suspended. Mm -hmm. From what I've gathered with information, it seems like there might have been that something happened, but then she apparently has attacked him in the past, and it seemed like that's whole just a dicey situation entirely. So I don't think the league would act upon that. I think that he'll, he's just going to play. So Cook, was, Cook is going to get hurt at some point. We know that. But Madison's been very, very capable of filling in and being great in spot starts. So I really don't see Chan or having any role on this team. 
Yeah, no. I, I don't have anything – nothing rookie-wise for the Minnesota Vikings. And fantasy is basically the same thing as last year. Justin Jefferson is really fucking yeah. good. Dalvin Cook is really fucking good. Thielen's a decent mid-round yeah. wide receiver. That's basically it. And you can't trust Kirk Cousins as far as you can throw him. You can trust him in fantasy if you pick the right <laughs> week. Just don't pick him yeah. against good teams. Yeah, very much so. All right. Third place goes to <laughs> – this is going to be so fun. <laughs> the Chicago Bears at 6-11. and, 11, and They really hate Justin Fields, don't they? It their draft leads you to believe that they think Justin Fields is not their quarterback of the future and that they may be looking to move on from him from next year if he doesn't have an all-world season with the nothing that he has as weapons. <laughs> so they don't draft the receiver until Felicis Jones Jr., Tennessee, in the third round. They also lost Allen Robinson. And, yeah, Allen Robinson is gone, so... Right now, I believe Darnell Mooney is penciled in as the number one on that depth chart. According to the early depth chart, Equinemius St. Brown or Byron Pringle is going to be the number two wide receiver on that team. And Well, I mean, you still got David Montgomery, I guess. Kind of you got David, uh, David Moore, no. Fellas um, Jones Jr. Cole, can, okay. I, can I sell you on Cole Komet? I think Cole Komet actually does have the best season if we talk about any pass, any pass catcher for... Well, he should. I, I mean, they, they finally got rid of Jimmy Graham. Yeah, and that's ultimately... Also, so, ultimately, that, that's what this offseason... We can't even talk about the draft. I mean, Valise's best of luck to you. If somebody breaks out this wide receiver room, it's got to be you because, honestly, we've seen it from everybody else. It's just, I think it's going to be Pringle if I had to pick one guy because I, I just like Pringle. Of course, Mooney's the obvious choice. We're ignoring yeah. Mooney because we know that he's good. I like Pringle. I think he's a good player. I, I just, I, I don't know. I'm not, it's rough. I, 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 I wouldn't touch If him. you want to take a wide receiver with Justin Fields, if I'm going to roast Jalen Hurts for being a mobile quarterback whose arm is questionable, then I got to go like seven times harder on Justin Fields. It's not even his fault because no. the Bears tried to kill him last year. Yeah, no. So it Matt Nagy but really like he. It is what it is. He tried to kill that man. So this, I'm feel, this is this is what happens all the time with young quarterbacks. Where it happened with Darnold with the Jets. It's happened with a bunch of quarterbacks. You know, it happened with Daniel Jones. Just because a quarterback struggles does not mean that it's his fault that he turned out to be a bust. No, it's not. The team no. and tried think, to kill him, and so. They tried to kill him last year. They didn't give him anything he needed to succeed this year. They didn't. They took away draft. his shield. They didn't even draft an offensive lineman until the fifth round. No. So they, they took away his shield and they gave him a slingshot and told him have yeah. some fun. That's it. So I'm praying for you, Justin. I really am. I. This is that is really sad. Like that really sucks. This has really to be a win total like, under and, team. Yeah, absolutely. But they're they, going to win like five games. I can't even fathom to explain how bad I feel for Justin Fields. And, and, and if this impacts his career, they're going to automatically label him as a bust, and I truly don't believe yeah. this is at all. That's, that's, that's what I was saying. So, um, There's no rookies to move. talk about. Yeah, yeah Cole Komet is really – because he may be out there in somebody's dynasty free agent pool. Yeah. I, he may be. Cole Komet is the person that I would see break out if anybody does, just because there's not a lot of pass catching options. He's going to need a safety blanket. He already has built a little bit of a repertoire with Cole Komet in the preseason last year. When it came over to the regular season a little bit, I think that this 
Kokomet could be that guy moving forward. He has another year of the league. So if I had to take a chance on anyone, it's Kokomet. A chance I agree with. The main piece, of course, is David Montgomery. Yeah, absolutely. Who is in line for a Najee Harris level workload with this team yep. where the yards per carry might not be great because the offensive line is going to be mediocre below average and they have no weapons, but He's the amount of touches this man touches. is going to get per game, including garbage time. Cause he can catch. He should average 20 a game in a redraft. I, th- I think first round is still a little bit too early, but I think you can make a case for, very, very early second round because the volume, assuming he stays healthy, is going to be disgusting. Mm-hmm. Do you think he's a, he's an early second in a redraft based on the volume? It's a really bad team, but I can't ignore the volume. It's going to be crazy. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. I think David Montgomery is is locked and loaded. As as he if he's healthy, he's going to finish as borderline RB one. He should finish the season, assuming he stays healthy, with an average of 25 touches per game. Like he should be in there. I'm not sure if they're going to do some type of committee with mm-hmm. Herbert. I highly doubt it because Montgomery was actually really good in the back half last year. Mm-hmm. But he should get 20, 25 touches every week. Yep, I agree. I agree. All right, let's move on to the Detroit Lions, last place in Division 3, 13-1. Good they draft. Aiden Hutchinson, number two. Good draft. Yeah, draft Aiden Hutchinson, number two, get somebody in that defense. Josh Pascal, also on the defense, second round defensive end, so they're bolstering that line. Made a lot of defensive acquisitions. One, 12, you have Jamin Williamson. I mean, look, Jamison Williams. <laughs> I completely butchered that. Jamison Williams. So, yeah, Jamison Williams at the wide receiver position. They bring in James Mitchell in the fifth round. Tight end from Virginia Tech, who I'm really a big fan of. It's really, really good tight end. But, you know, hoagies. And I'll just shout out my guys. This, this breakdown is completely about Jamison Williams. Yeah. Coming off of the injury. Well, for Dynasty, we, we trust him somewhat trust him in years to come. Is this not just a punt year for the Lions while they're still working with Jared Goff and Jameson's coming off this injury? So my question for you, just to start off with the actual rookie analysis, mostly in redraft purposes, because Dynasty, he's going in the first round. Yes. I, 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 he's just that talented. You're, you're going to take him first round. In redraft – Based on how he's been progressing with his knee, it's assumed he will be ready for week one, correct? He's on yes. that trajectory? So, yes. It's so, already so in January. That's probably still a that's still probably a short timeline to be ready for week one if he's already in January. Sure, this, I don't even know what's short for ACLs anymore. Yeah, no, it, no, like medicine has, has changed. It used to be a year, now it's like six months. I, I don't even know. But yeah, so I would think that if he misses any time, it's probably he misses some training camp time. Yeah, maybe a preseason game or two. Yeah, preseason game or two. Maybe comes back in for week one or maybe misses a couple weeks after that that makes his debut. But for the most part, first month of the season, I expect to see Jameson Williams at some point. I think that Williams is actually a great fit with Jared Goff for one gap year. 
And the main reason I say that, Jared Goff, as all of you know, not very good. It's fine. We can admit that. He's not good at decision-making. He's not very accurate when it comes to, I'd say, intermediate passes. However, the one thing he excels in, he throws a really pretty deep ball. And that goes really well with Jameson with uh, Jameson Williams speed because this guy is a burner. He's a runner. He's a track star. He's great. I'm going with the long <laughs> touchdown to Sean Jackson role. I think that even if Amon St. Ra is going to handle the underneath stuff because he should, we saw Josh Reynolds produce on this offense last year, and he was on three different teams with a practice squad thrown in there. So the fact that he was able to get into the end zone a couple of times does give me some optimism that Williams could have a pretty productive rookie season, mm-hmm. not to mention what's down the road when they do have the quarterback of the future. I really like this fit for Williams. I think that Goff is a good quarterback to have for Williams because his best attributes or skill sets really complement Williams' best skill sets, and I think that's going to result in a pretty nice combination for the first year. I'm not interested in him in redraft at all. I'm really? Not, okay. I'm not touching him in redraft. Not even as like a late-round flyer? Probably not, to be honest. I think there's other late-round flyers that I prefer. And I love him in Dynasty. I think that he is absolutely somebody that I'm stashing away in Dynasty. I will use a first-round pick on him, very early first-round pick on him. But with St. Brown... I think he's, underneath, I think he's an underneath guy. And DJ Chark. And DJ Chark out there as well. So DJ Char- Chark's I don't out. know what to expect from Chark. He played. He got injured in the first game last year. I don't know what yeah, to but think that, of him. But I, that just tells me that I have a better chance of seeing him in workouts and seeing him through the offseason working out with Jared Goff and all of that more than I'm, I'm going to see Williams. I just don't think Williams is going to be, hey, I came back from this ACL tear and I'm about to take the NFL by storm in my rookie year. I don't uh, know. I don't think that maybe next year maybe towards the end of the year, possibly, you know, something similar to Amara say Brown at the end of the year last year, but I'm not without an injury to one of those other three. I'm just not really too, too interested in reaching for him in redraft. I would rather just, and I don't, I don't, I really wouldn't want to stash him either. I know I'd end up dropping him. So I, I he's a pass for me, honestly, in redraft, okay. but I love him in dynasty. Fair enough. I, uh, one player that I do like a lot from college, which I honestly hate the landing spot for, Pimpleton. <laughs> I was really hoping he would end up on a team like the Bears or somebody with no receivers, maybe even Green Bay, because I was such a big Pimpleton fan in college at Central Michigan, and now he's buried on the depth chart. He's going to fight for a roster spot. He'll probably be a kick returner, punt returner exclusive guy who's never going to be on the field offensively. It's a shame because I really liked I can't wait until the preseason because Scott just throws out all these names of players that not normal. Like Pimpleton was sick in the Mac. And then, but it's the fact that like you're throwing names so far down the depth chart that they're only going to make any relevance this season is on my Millie maker preseason lineup. (laughs) My hot take Pimpleton will have one return touchdown in preseason. And I will have started him in the Millie Maker that week. All right. 
Let's talk about AG1 and their athletic greens and their AG1 supplement. One delicious scoop of AG1. You're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, source superfoods, probiotics, and aptogens. Give you the energy, recovery, focus, and aging. Everything you need, plus it's $3 a day, less than $3 a day. Supports better sleeping quality, and Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash SGP. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash SGP. Take ownership over your health, and health is wealth. Also, IP Vanish can protect your internet health. VPN makes it easy to stay truly private and secure on the internet. All you have to do, it, it encrypts 100% of your data by pressing a button, private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, all that stop from falling into the wrong hands. Virtually invisible online, and you can use it on unlimited devices like your computer, tablet, phone, even your fire stick without sacrificing speed. Plus, they're offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan for our listeners. And with the 30-day money-back guarantee, it's like getting nine months for free. So go to ipvanish.com slash SGP. Use your promo code SGP to claim your 70% off savings. That's I-P-V-A-N-I-S-H dot com slash SGP. All right. Let's keep this thing moving around the compass to the NFC West, where we have the Super Bowl champions Los Angeles Rams, who on day one, they were twiddling their thumbs, making videos, trailers of everything they weren't going to do on the draft day, day one, because they didn't have a pick. Didn't have a second round pick either. They didn't have a pick until the third round. They took offensive lineman Logan Bruss from Wisconsin. I mean, it's really not much here. Skill position wise, you have Kyrid Williams, Notre Dame running back. That's it in the fifth round, 21st pick. I I mean I don't know what to there's, say. To there's no continuity. So the wide receiver room took a I guess you could say a little bit of a hit. They lost Robert Woods and, he, and it doesn't look like Odell Beckham Jr. is coming back to the team. Yeah. So you have Cooper Cup and Van Jefferson uh, season. Yeah. I mean it, it just opens the door for Van Jefferson and gives him the opportunity. Cam Akers is coming back healthy after an offseason of more work. And I got Allen Robinson. It's got to be it's got to be yeah, they have Allen Robinson as well. And so I know so really it's more of especially if you're in your dynasty startup, what are you doing with Allen Robinson? What are you doing with Van Jefferson? I'm, uh, I'm not so. I don't think I don't. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not big on Allison Robinson in it with this group, because Allen Robinson's a PPR guy. He's a PPR machine, and he's not getting that with Cooper Cup on the other side. The hardest part to evaluate regarding the Rams is was Cooper Cup season a potentially the greatest season of all time for a wide receiver. I don't think it was, but I think it's definitely top five. Is it even possible to duplicate that? Because if it is, then there's no point in getting any other receiver on the entire team. But if you think that Cup has to regress, which I'm not even sure he has to because 
You can say double team them. They tried that the entire second half of the year. It still didn't do anything. Do you think Cup regresses, or do you think that he's just some type of bionic person who's going to walk into around 2,000 yards again? I don't know. I have no idea. Cup might single-handedly vulture the production away from every other receiver on the team. I have no idea what to do with this team. From a pass-catching perspective, I really don't know. I, um, I'm not interested. I, th- I think it's too, it's too much variance for me. It, yeah. It's Cooper Cup and it's Cam Akers, and I'm just going to wait and see. I'm, I'm not really going to spend heavy capital. I also startup. like Higby as a tight end. Yeah, yeah, Higby is tight end for sure. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not interested in heavy capital in a startup redraft league. Anything, I'm not pressed to go make a trade for Allen Robinson. If I have Allen Robinson, I'm willing to keep him and see what happens. But if somebody comes and offers me a great deal for him, I'm, I'll move on gladly. But it's just more of a wait and see, and I'm not going to give any heavy capital to try to get any of these pass catchers besides, you know, Cooper Cup, but nobody's trading Cooper Cup. I have no idea where Cooper Cup or how high he would even go in a PPR redraft. He's obviously round one. That's obvious. Is he a top four pick? I have no idea. Probably, definitely in that top ten. 100%. Top ten's a given. But he put up one of the sickest receiver numbers of all time. And you're looking at the other receivers that he would be competing with. You have change in scenery, change in scenery with Adams and with Tyreek. So I think there's a pretty huge drop-off after Cup because of the continuity. He might actually go top four in a lot of redraft leagues. And I don't know if that's good or bad, (laughs) but that just tells you how good he was last year. No, absolutely. I I can't take another receiver with him because Cup's going to give me nightmares the entire game. All right, let's go to – dang, who was second in this division? Um, am I tripping? Who was second? We're going with the Niners? Oh, no, the Niners were third. Why does it say the Niners were third here? Niners oh, because no, because they were third. Because the Cardinals were the second. The Cardinals were oh. second? Okay. Oh. I, was, I wasn't sure who was ahead of them. Yeah, Cardinals okay. were second because Cardinals made the playoffs. I forgot. Ha. Sorry, Arizona fans, don't go. They made the playoffs. They didn't show up, but they yeah, made the playoffs. Yeah, they made you know? the playoffs, didn't show up. Don't be really mad in my mentions. Okay, so the biggest thing for them, DeAndre Hopkins suspended. They make the draft a trade. They bring in Hollywood Brown because they knew DeAndre Hopkins was suspended. Ron, no more season. It's, it's either more or is Brown. I like to think it's more, but I'm a big more guy. Some weeks it could possibly. I, be. I loved him at Purdue. I'm biased. I, th- I thought other more was a very good prospect. Yeah, no, and he played well. He played well. Yeah. Trey McBride in the second round, tight end. Very uh, good tight end, by the way. Very good tight end, but it's still rookie tight end. So I think he I went to the wrong team. I don't know why the Cardinals decided to draft the best tight end in the draft to put him with Zach Ertz. Who you just resigned? And Mac Williams, Max Williams is really not bad either. So Arizona, I love McBride. I watched him at Colorado State. I thought mm-hmm. he was clearly the best tight end in all of college football. Mm-hmm. And I think you can make an argument. His play style is comparable to Kittle. 
He's nowhere near as good as Kittle, so don't yell at me, Rod, if you're listening <laughs> to this. I, I know you're a Niners fan. I'm not saying he's George Kittle 2.0, but there are some similar skill sets. He's going to be really good in the pros, McBride. Mm-hmm. I don't know why you want him backing up Zach Ertz and basically throwing Max Williams out of a job. I feel like you needed more positions than tight end. So this is what I'll do with Trey McBride. Wait till Ertz get I, hurt, gets hurt? No, no. So I'm sorry, in Dynasty, especially oh. rookie drafts, if I own Travis Kelsey, if you have Travis Kelsey, I, I hope you have a really good team. Because he's just a cheat code at position. Yeah. So I hope that your team is really good and you feel like you're a consistent playoff team because you have a cheat code at your position. (laughs) If I have Travis Kelsey, I'm spending my first round pick on McBride. Because I truly believe that one, my team more or less is good. Now, if I have holes anywhere else, then I'm filling those holes. But if I feel like that I can get ahead of something, and I'm talking about this is probably a late first-round pick because you're probably – if I'm definitely a playoff team and I have a late first-round pick, I'm using it on McBride because I feel like McBride can pick, up, can pick up where Kelsey leaves off when he ends his career. And that's like three, four years down the road. And I feel like that's enough time where McBride will be a world beater, whether he's still with the Cardinals at this point in time whether he, you know, plays well and moves on to a second contract, goes somewhere else. So if I have it, maybe a second rounder. Let me let me be more realistic. Probably a second rounder because it's just too many too much good talent. But I am reaching for McBride. Whether I feel like I'm reaching for him in the second round, maybe it, he even falls to the third round. But if I'm looking around at my league, and I feel like there's going to be competition for me and getting McBride from someone else, I will make the pull for McBride because I do think that he's going to be an amazing tight end and it's just going to take the time and he's going to be one of those cheat codes at the position in the future. So he is, he is one of the people that I'm definitely holding and stashing. Plus I just don't know what the hell is going on with Zach Ertz. And if he gets, if anything happens to Zach Ertz, I think he's going to take off way earlier than expected. I can't believe they extended him. He had a great second half of the year, but I thought Ertz was cooked for about 80% of the year with Philly, and they ended up bringing him back. I think they extended him because they traded for him. Yeah. I think that's the sole logic. We traded for him, now we got to extend him. That also sums up why I hate Arizona's front office. Yeah, Arizona's front office is terrible. I don't think Ertz has a long term. I would not be surprised if if Arizona cleaned house next year and Ertz is on his way out with them. If you want a comparison for McBride, I think he's a can't-miss prospect at the tight end position. Mm -hmm. He reminds me a lot of Jeremy Shockey. Yeah. I think there's a lot of similarities there. If you look at the 40 times, Shockey ran a 4.58. McBride ran a 4.54. They're very similar players, and Shockey was a multiple-time pro bowler who was very good with the Giants, of course. I do personally believe that you're looking at a situation where McBride should take over. He's starting tight end role probably in maybe even a year or two. In a year, they might go full tight end, two-set committee, Mm. and you might see a little bit of fluctuation there. I guess the concern you would have is that right now, he's in a great offensive system because Kingsbury is there. But by the time he takes over the starting job, I'm assuming Kingsbury is going to be fired by then, right? Yeah, I would would like to think so. 
So you don't really know what's in store for the rest of the coaching staff and everything and the system moving forward. But McBride is such a can't-miss tight end prospect. Mm-hmm. Worst-case scenario, he's a red zone demon. But I really see a Jeremy Shockey. I think he's that good. And Shockey's an underrated all-time tight end. Not a Hall of Famer, but still a very good all-time tight end. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's move do, you, on. do you see that comparison at all? I, I agree. I like, the, I like the comparison. I like the comparison just in talent and, and draft profile and everything like the that. The speeds were, were extreme. I can't I believe McBride, McBride was faster. I think McBride is going to be one of the next great tight ends in this league. Yeah, I, I'm just I, saying. Shockey was a four-time Pro Bowler. I can yeah, see McBride having a similar type of career. I can't miss out on McBride. I, I, there's a lot of – normally I would like to wait a lot shorter, like a lot longer – and take one of these guys towards the end of a rookie draft that I think I have years to wait on. But, but tight ends suck. I, I, I am so, and that's why I am so willing to take a shot on McBride. And if he pops, if, if, imagine moving on from Travis Kelsey to somebody that gives Travis Kelsey-like numbers. You have a monopoly on the tight end position. Is, for the is, next decade. Is, yeah, it's is insane. It would be literally insane. So but I'm how many tight ends right now do you actually like? Because going into last year, it was four. You had Kelsey, you had Kittle, you had Andrews, and you had Waller. And maybe Kyle Pitts, if you want to throw in a fifth yeah, with a question mark there. Maybe Hawkinson, he but meh. You know. Everybody else. Yeah, Hawkinson. Hawkinson Maybe. and Pitts, so I would say six that I was interested in. Everybody else was like, okay, they're they're decent and they can pop every now and then. But those six were six that I was saying, all right, I feel like I can get consistent good yeah. production from them. There, there were basically out. three or four upper echelon guys. Then Waller fell off a cliff. So you're looking at Kittle, who gets hurt all the time. Not his fault, he's a physical freak, but he gets hurt all the time. You have Kelsey, who... We don't even need to talk about. I mean, he's clearly number one, not even close. Mm-hmm. And you have Andrews, who was unbelievable last year. So mm-hmm. if you're looking at a situation where the tight end position's a complete crapshoot outside of the top five guys, then you should gamble on a tight end that could potentially be a real staple on your team for the next decade. Because if McBride hits, you can Jordan. sacrifice a year for nine years of tight end security. Yes, absolutely. All right. Let's move on to the San Francisco 49ers, third in the NFC West, also a playoff team, did better than the Cardinals in the playoffs. 10-7, Terrian Price-Davis, third-round running back out of LSU. Here we go, Kyle Shanahan again with these running backs. They're going to have an impact. It's, It's incredibly hard to understand. First of all, they they had they drafted two running backs last year, and the one that they drafted in the sixth round was the one that hit, not the one in the third round. I was not a fan at all of the earlier running back they took. I watched Sermon at Ohio State. I watched him at Oklahoma. I didn't see much. I think they only drafted him because of the Big Ten title game against Northwestern. That's mm-hmm. all he did. He, I really did not think he was very good. Mitchell, though, I did like briefly mm-hmm. at Louisiana. I was shocked he jumped Sermon that quickly in the depth chart. That but I was quickly. anti. It, it was yeah. never Sermon. It was I was anti Sermon from the get go. It was never Sermon, and I was somebody that was talking up Trey Sermon. It was never Sermon. It was I never Elijah saw Mitchell from the beginning. And, and even so, in, even in preseason, I thought Sermon looked awful. So now Terrian Price Davis from LSU comes in. Good player. He's going to have a very good chance of 
competing and being that second. I mean, even if you're the third back in a Kyle Shanahan offense, I don't think that's even that bad, to be honest. You're actually probably still fantasy relevant. So, Terry and Price Davis deserves looks in rookie drafts. Here's he my question. He's going to go as high yeah. as all these other people. Probably not. He's probably he'll, like he'll a be a fourth. He'll be a, I think he'll be later than that, to be honest. I think he'll be later just because really? the fact that I do believe one important X factor for this offense. If Debo Samuel wants serious money, but he says that he never wants to be the wide back again, and then he goes back to the same team, can Shannon use him as a wide back again, or is that a dick move? <laughs> because you can make an he, argument that Samuel yeah. could be a running back in the system. Yeah, he could. He very, he very much could. So I think that Davis, you said second round. I think he's closer to fourth round, to be honest. Because kinda, even if he peaks, let's say that he does have a very good first half of the year. He makes some waves in preseason. We know Mitchell's going to be the starter. And Jeff Wilson's been there for 45 years and he still gets touches every year. So I guess what I'm saying is even if he turns out to be a good player, aren't the Niners always a committee every year? Mm. So what's the upside unless Mitchell gets hurt again? So I think he's more of a fourth round guy because you're voluntarily walking into a commission best case scenario. And yeah, I guess I I agree with that, that it is more of a best case scenario, but I just think that the path for him to become the starter is a lot shorter than a lot of other people's because I think that he's going to get somewhat of weekly consistent production. I think Sermon's going to cut it. Huh? I think Sermon's going to get cut possibly, but that's what I'm saying. So I think that if you're sitting here telling me that he walks in day one and he's potentially the second back, I'll say three. And could, so could be, so even if he's three, even if he's three, with Jeff Wilson and Elijah Mitchell, now Mitchell is definitely a much shorter sample size, but you're telling me you possibly knock one of those guys out and he's somebody that Kyle Shanahan would be looking at to start saying between these two guys, I potentially will start this guy. I think that, I, I think that he's talented enough and interesting enough. I'm willing to pay up a little bit to get him in terms of second, third round rookie ADP. Because I may, I may hit, I may hit, and I could possibly hit in year one. I think fourth would be his normal landing spot. I think if you want to reach, you really don't need the second round. I think third round is probably the earliest he's going to go. Okay. In my um, opinion. And real quick, talk about Danny Gray out of SMU, who, I mean, <laughs> he profiles as the wide back receiver. He's really, really good. He's really, really good with the ball in his hand. He has great burst and speed. I really, really did like him at SMU. I enjoyed that entire SMU team. If Debo is gone, they're they're going to use this guy. Yeah, they're but I don't think Debo's gone. It, it, and that's really what it is for the San Francisco 49ers on what Debo, what their decision is with Debo. But if he's gone, that opens up so much for this team. But I think we would agree that if Debo stays, which I think is going to happen, it seems like the entire wave of him leaving is gone. Yes. Then Gray has no role, right? Yeah. So I agree. All right. Final team in this division. Seattle Seahawks, 7-10, and 10, fourth in NFC West. I hate everybody on this damn team. Who did not draft a quarterback? Um, they got I a running back. Talk about, 
Yeah, yeah. They got a running back. And they got an offensive tackle to help out the running back. So Kenneth Walker, the third. I really enjoyed him at Wake Forest. And Michigan enjoyed State. Enjoyed him more at Michigan State. No, he was at Wake Forest first. Oh, no, I know. I, yeah. Believe me, I was betting a lot of Wake Forest overs back in the day. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I loved him at Wake Forest. Loved him even more at Michigan State. I think he can do this. I think that this is his backfield. It's just when are they going to give it to him? When are they going to give him uh, all the work? I believe this is Ken Walker's backfield. I am so confused on why Seattle took a running back. And I understand that Penny has had a bunch of injuries his entire career. And you've been waiting for him to pop for several years. He finally popped, and you're trying to replace him. And don't get me wrong, Seattle is in the middle or the beginning stages of a massive rebuild. Mm-hmm. When you have Drew Locke as your bridge gap quarterback, you might as well just punt the next three seasons because it's going to be a long one. <laughs> but you have Metcalf, you have Lockett, who their fantasy value just completely plummeted. But I think that Seattle with Carroll, who's known to kind of ride the veteran guys who have proven it before, I think that Walker will be riding the bus until you see Penny get injured again which should happen at some point during a 17-game season. Yeah. But I got to assume after last year that there's a minuscule chance, maybe 5%, that Walker starts out of the gate. I would be shocked if Penny was not getting at least 70% of the snaps to start the season because I think he earned it from last year. He was great last year down the stretch. Yeah, he was. Um, I like Walker as a player, though, and he can he can catch out of the backfield, which is an issue that Penny has had in the past. He got a little bit better at it, but you never know with these rebuilding teams because even if Penny's playing well, if you're three and twelve, which is realistic, because this team's going to be awful, do you just turn the turn the keys to the young guys and just say, you know, do what you want? We're gonna evaluate some talent. Yeah, I mean, I. So for Walker, I think Walker's a different situation. I think Walker's going to be played out of need, not of. Yeah. Not because hey, we're just going to hand the key. I think they're going to need him, because we don't know what Chris Carson's future is. We don't know if he's even playing football again. Mm. And Rashad shame Penny, too. Rashad Penny's injury history is just too. There's no way that you didn't get a receiver and banked on – if they banked on Rasad Penny entering this season, I would be more disappointed than them taking Walker with that high. There's no reason. There's Rashad Penny, he's given you – yes, he's shown you that the talent is there, but with the injury history, you can't trust him going into the season. So now you have Penny and you have Walker. This can be a really, really good one-two punch of mm-hmm. running backs or it's going to be Walker's show. But we know Penny will be the goal line guy. Yes. So. I agree. Yes. So, I like Walker. I'm not. I like him as a player. I don't like yeah. the landing spot. I think that he definitely could have had. If, if Walker was on the Bills instead of, um, who, who did they draft? Uh, I'm blanking. I'm blanking. Either way, if the Bills got Walker, I would be penciling in Walker as one of my best running backs. If the Jets got Walker, I'd be penciling him as one of my best running backs. So 
I think that for the most part, it's going to be a share in the beginning until Penny gets hurt. Then it's going to be the Walker show and he's going to be great. They got James Cook, by the way. James Cook. That was it. Yes. So I think you're, and that's why I'm so interested in Walker. Because I really think you're, if, if you say you're a Rashad Penny injury away from owning the backfield, that means he's starting week four. Yeah, like you're not too, too worried about that. So I, I, like, I like the prospect of Walker going in. So well, where would you take him? Third round, second round? He's probably a second round guy for me. Yeah, that, that I can see. Yeah, he's probably a second round guy for me. But if I get him in the second round, I feel, I'm walking out of my draft like I just stole Kenneth Walker. Mm-hmm. He probably should be a first round prospect, but he's not going to be. And when I walk out of my draft with getting him in the second round, I'm going to feel like I stole him. All right, let's move on to the NFC South. First place in the NFC South goes to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Where are they at? Oh, here they are. 13 and 4. Tom Brady retired and then came back. Gronk retired and hasn't come back yet. If he is, maybe not. Probably not. No idea. They get Rashad White, third Mm -hmm. round, 27 pick out of Arizona State to add to that running back room. Where Do you, do you think he passes Bernard? He's not going to pass Fournette. I mean, we, we could just get that out of the way. Yeah, Fournette's no. going to be the starting running back, but will he be the third down guy over Bernard? I don't even think so, because I think Bernard has sneakily added himself in the Tom circle of trust. I agree with that. Health is a concern for Bernard, though, because yeah, he is an undersized really guy. Health, but... but when he's on the field, Tom has, has trusted putting a ball in his hands. Bernard was good last year Yeah, for a third so, down back. At least for this upcoming year, I'm I passing. don't. Yeah, I'm passing. It just, it just screams Keyshawn Vaughn. Yeah. Kind of does. I'm... It's a bad spot. You got you to you make – you just got to gamble. It's really just a gamble. He's one of those late-round, late-rookie draft flyers that you just take and say, hey, maybe this guy pops next year or this year or more than likely next year. Maybe this guy pops and he does something in the future, but I'm not expecting him to do, any, do much I, right I'm now. not drafting him. That running back room is too, is too crowded for me. Yeah. All right. That's really the big news from yeah, Tampa Bay here. Moving on to the second-place team. Who was the second-place team? By the way, sneaky pickup. I I do like the acquisition of Russell Gage to take over the Antonio Brown spot. Yeah, I like that. So, Uh, not a rookie, but throwing it out there. Russell Gage was useful. He was useful for a while. Yeah, not a bad player. All right, second-place New Orleans Saints, 9-8. All right, this whole conversation is about Chris Olave. Do you have any interest in tight end Taysom Hill? No. I was joking. You said the only discussion. I mean, yeah. Taysom Hill has a new position again. No. Yeah, we're not, we're not, we're not talking Taysom Hill at all. I Olave, everybody keeps looking for who is that next receiver that is going to pop, like Justin Jefferson and like Jamar Chase. I'm hesitant to say nobody because neither no receiver from LSU I think is going to make that big of an impact. But Chris Olave has a claim to the throne because James can come back and be pretty decent. Yeah. And if he does that, Olave is going to be the benefit beneficiary. <laughs> the route running that he, he's arguably the best receiver in the draft. 
the route running that Olave has, how explosive he is, the top end speed he has, he will contend. I don't think I can remember the last time the Saints had a great one-two punch receiver like they potentially could have in Michael Thomas and Olave. Are you counting Jimmy Graham? No. I was going to say, like him and Colston, you could make maybe a small argument. Yeah, I wouldn't even – no, not compared to these two. So we know that he's a first-round pick. We know he's a close to the front first-round pick. I think that Olave is going to be an every-week starter. I think you can – I think you will be able to use him every single week. My main concern for Olave when he got drafted was the change in coaching staff because you went from Sean Payton, an offensive-minded guy, to Dennis Allen, who is a very defensive-minded guy. On the bright side, they did bring back the offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. So they did not change coaches entirely. The same system is in place, so Winston should be comfortable when he comes back, which I think is a huge boost. Because I remember I did a podcast with Rod a couple weeks ago, and I was not sure what the current state of the coordinators were going to be, but now the offensive coordinators officially come back, which definitely helps. I loved Olave at college. I think he's a great receiver. The question that I have is that the offense, with a healthy Michael Thomas, big question mark, but when he's healthy, Michael Thomas is a black hole. Because he will take in every single target. Or that's what he did. When he had Breeze, he set the all-time receptions record. Do you think Winston actually spreads the wealth around? Or do you think Thomas is just the de facto, he's going to get seven receptions a game, let's hope Olave can do something with his three receptions? I think that it is going to be Thomas. It's going to be Kamara, Thomas, Olave, in that order. Olave is going to be – he's going to make his money off of low, low numbers of – number of catches in terms of PPR by high yardage. That's why I don't know if I could use him every week. And so, yes. And There's a lot of volatility. It'll be there. at a point he'll get a little bit touchdown dependent. Yeah. He will. But I think that the upside is going to be tremendous. Well, they traded up for him. So, New Orleans clearly has a I plan think he in place finish for him. I think he could finish as a wide, a wide receiver, too, in that offense. I think he could. And I think that, once again, New Orleans traded up for him. So it's one thing if you get a guy who falls into your lap. But if you actively trade up with a bunch of other receivers on the board, mm-hmm. that means you clearly have a game plan for Olave where you feel like he is the perfect fit for your system, which I think definitely bodes well for his chances over the course of a season. But I do believe if Thomas is going to handle all the underneath stuff, which is basically his role, which is how he got the slant boy nickname, then I do think Olave might be touchdown dependent because he's going to be the big play guy of this offense. But And that's the thing. James, James, uh, James Winston is still at the helm. So yeah. if even though I'm banking on him having a lot of big plays, they're going to be there. They're going to be there because that's all James Winston knows. I think he's so, a first-round guy in, in a rookie draft, but yeah, I, sure. don't, I don't think he's top three, top four. I think I'd probably have him around 1-6. Okay. But if you want to ask for landing spots, I would rather have Burks over him right now. Yeah, I agree. So, 
You can make an argument right now he's in a better spot than Jamison Williams. I think it's a toss-up. Who would you you rather have long-term, Williams or Olave? Olave. Okay. So you would take Olave over Williams in in a rookie draft? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Um, let's. I, w- I would take Olave over Garrett Wilson, though. No questions asked. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. I do. I, th- I like his landing spot a lot more than Garrett's. Garrett's. Third place, we have the Atlanta Falcons, seven and ten. Okay. Okay. Drake London is going to be really good. Drake London's going to get a lot of work. Probably out of necessity because the only person they have to throw the ball to is Kyle Pitts. But who's throwing the ball? Um. So let's talk about that. We're not so Drake London, first round pick. He's going to be really good. You're going to draft him. You're going to draft. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We're not going to stick on that. The real conversation is is they draft Desmond Ritter in the third round. Desmond Ritter this year. (laughs) Desmond Ritter is in competition for, in my eyes, is in competition with Marcus Mariota for the starting job. It is Mariota's job to lose. Desmond Ritter has the potential that he could possibly go in and take it. I agree, but I think it's loose. I think Mariota, especially with our, with Smith, who's been a somewhat of a new coach, but he's tended to rely on veteran quarterbacks in the past, whether it was Matt Ryan, whether it was with Tannehill in Tennessee. I'd say Mariota's got an 85% chance to start the season. Yes, 100%. I like so that. as you could tell from my reaction in the back or my comments – I can't believe Mariota is a starting quarterback in 2022. <laughs> the Raiders brought him in as a wildcat quarterback, and he basically never threw the ball. And he went from being a wildcat formation quarterback to being a starting quarterback. I don't know what Atlanta is doing. It was I, that I game know that De- that Derek Carr went out against the Chargers. That's what it was. I know your team stinks, Atlanta. Like you're going to be really, really bad. And I get you had to bring in a quarterback because the one person who I trust really less than half of college quarterbacks right now is Felipe Franks because I think he's awful. I think Felipe Franks shouldn't be in the league. I think he's a Canadian football league player at best. But the point is he needed to bring in somebody. So you bring in Mariota as a stopgap quarterback because you know your team's going to be awful. Atlanta's going to be bad. That's not a surprise. But – the one concern I have with London, besides who's throwing the ball, him and Pitts are going to kill each other in red zone production, right? Mm, yeah, probably split. You're kind of flipping a coin because they're yep. both similar players in the sense that they have the capability of generating big plays, but they're mostly jump ball guys. So I if you're would... looking at red zone fades or jump, you know, it's go up and get it plays – they might just have fades on both sides and whichever side Mariota feels like he's going to throw them the ball. I think that is, for the most part, going to be a mini miracle if it's not one of those two or or short of Mariota running it in himself that scores a touchdown in the red zone for them. I think Pitts will have a better year than London because London's also off the leg injury. Yes. So I think that maybe it might take him a couple of games to fully get acclimated to game action, which he hasn't played in basically a year. But you go through the other weapons here. You have Auden Tate. You have Zacchaeus. You have Corderell Patterson and his whatever role he has on the team. But it's going to be London, and it's going to be Pitts. If you're asking which one I like more for fantasy purposes, I like Pitts more. 
but London should have some mm-hmm. decent numbers if he can stay healthy. I agree. I agree. All right. Where Let's would you have London in the rookie draft? Late first round? Yeah, late first round. For yeah, me. That's, what I, that's what I think. All right. <laughs> Carolina Panthers, fourth, last team we have. Fourth in the NFC South, five and 12 last season. I, All right. Is, I just want to – yeah, sorry, just quickly. I just want to know how you could have an even worse offseason than the Falcons. How do you I want to know off? how you I don't want to know how you had even a worse regular season than the Falcons because they were definitely supposed to be better than the Falcons last year. So for the Carolina Panthers and the last of our draft breakdown dynasty talk. When does Matt Corral take this job from Ghostman? Truth is, never. I really think that Darnold is going to be the starting quarterback until he gets hurt or benched or whatever. And then next year, I think they bring in somebody else. I think Corral is a guy who's fun. He was in the Lane Kiffin up-tempo, no-huddle offense, which really mm-hmm. never works in the NFL when they try to trans to transfer over besides Mahomes. And Mahomes is just a generational talent with a year under his belt and Andy Reid. So he landed in the perfect spot. Mm-hmm. Do I think Corral off a serious injury is going to take over the job? I do not. I think that you're looking at a spot where maybe at the end of the year, he might be a filler, kind of like how Will Greer technically started a couple games yeah, at the end of the year. That's what I'm thinking. But long term, no. I think that Darnold's going to live out the final year of the contract because they extended him midseason like a bunch of idiots. He's going to be a free agent. They're either going to draft somebody else with a top draft pick, which they will have because they will be awful, or they sign somebody, they call up somebody about Bridgewater again. They're going to do something. But I, think I that, really don't see a situation where Corral's the number one quarterback on the depth chart any point in the next three years besides a Darnold injury midway through the season. I think that they're just waiting for, they're waiting for the Browns to give them the offer that they want for Baker Mayfield. So I think they're just waiting for the Browns to accept their offer for Baker Mayfield. And at some point, the Browns are going to do it because the Browns are not going into the season with Mayfield on the roster. Or, so I think Mayfield yeah. is going to be, end up being a Carolina Panthers quarterback, and that's going to be some mother bridge that's going to make Corral virtually useless, and then they're going to move on from Mayfield and finally go get their actual quarterback of the future. But I was going to say, you mentioned the Baker odds, which is definitely possible. A sleeper might be Garoppolo, potentially. But mm-hmm. I do think that if you want to talk about the potential future plan, truth is, I don't even know if, if Matt Rule can wait that long because he really should have been fired already. And he's still there. And they fired Joe Brady for some reason. Yep. But would it shock me if Carolina just kind of stalls until either Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, or Caleb Williams are available in the draft? No. That's the game plan for me. Mm-hmm. I think Carolina is going to. Use a bunch of bullshit stopgap quarterbacks until one of these really promising young rookies falls into their lap because they should be should be top four mm-hmm. in draft picks because there's no lottery system. They should finish with a bottom four record. One of those three will be the next heir apparent to the quarterback position, and we'll see what happens. But yep. I expect the coaching staff to be fired. I expect the GM to potentially be fired. I see a lot of turnover because this has been a disastrous reign for Matt Rule. 
Yeah, terrible. I agree. All right. That's it. We've gone through and we talked about all the rookies. In the future, look out for – I think next episode we should do a rookie draft. Let's do a rookie mock draft for next next time out and put what we talked about to the test in a rookie mock draft. I like that. So look out for that. Please make sure to subscribe, download, leave a review. Please leave a review for the Fantasy Football Podcast. Scott, anything you want to leave people with before we get out of here? Uh, not really. I'm looking forward to, well, all the playoff games tonight. I know the NFL season is a long way out, but of course, you know, fantasy drafts still around the corner. You know, yep. you can keep procrastinating your research. Next thing you know, your draft's next Thursday. So yep. it doesn't hurt to get some of the research in early. And yeah, we're going to do our best to give you information. Hey, and we're going to give you everything you need to win your league. That's that, that is, that is, we're going to, I'm going to get uh, at the end of the season, a whole bunch of mentions of people screenshotting their fantasy championships. Like, thank you for, this is what happens when we listen to the SGP and fantasy football pod. So looking forward to it. We're going to have a great season. I'm going to win the DraftKing millions at some point in this season, whether you ruin my pot by winning the same amount with me, we'll see, but I'm taking home the crown. So I can't wait for a lot of DFS content coming through through the season. Looking forward to just being with this team, being out here with Scott and continuously giving out y'all this fantasy football content. So looking forward to it. Having a great time. No, I have no idea how I'm going to end the podcast. So I'm just going to end it like this. We are out.